Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Good afternoon, it's Wednesday here at Axom. I'm Paul John Dykes. I'm delighted to be joined by John Hughes, Paddy Sinnott and Patrick McGill. But a big welcome back for you, Paddy. I hope you've been well. It's been a few weeks since we got a wee catch-up from you all, on, on all things Celtic. What's changed? No, not uh, well, a couple of things have changed. Um, I, I was away for a month to Australia, which was, which was a good wee holiday to catch up with family. So I was away for most of January. And then when I come back, it was just busy at work. So it's just try to fit the time in, change sites again back on 67 Hill Hill. So um yeah, it's been it's been good, but it's been a, a hectic few weeks. Hectic few weeks. And um what's happened since you've been away? We've we've kind of doing all right, we know. We're not doing all right, no. I'm gonna start off with this, right? Because I mentioned it to the guys last night, John. there is there is a, a real hardcore of Celtic supporters who do not want you to um, rationalise, criticise, um, or even debate what's going wrong at the moment. Because they see it almost, John, as if we are playing into some kind of narrative that you know the mainstream will jump on and use it as a tool to batter the club with. Surely we can debate and discuss what's going on here at Celtic. Well, as a rational person, obviously you can you know, uh, walk and chew gum. Um, <clears throat> but I would say that I was on on Friday and optimistic mood and one of the boys uh, tweeted me that uh, after the game and was like, that'll be your Friday optimism out the window. And I said, not, not so much out the window, is it booted violently out the door like a junkie robber? Uh, so in, in, in saying that though, I now have to acknowledge the trolls tuning in from the dark side who might rightly feel that I just insulted their lifestyle and career choices. Uh, and I'd say you're correct. I'm not sorry, um, but it's been a uh, yeah. I mean, look, obviously, 
we have to be able to talk about the club, otherwise there's no point in these platforms. There's no point in going down with your mates to talking about. It's not as if you know we're all here because we played at a professional level, you know. So we, you know the whole point of this is talking with your friends uh, and uh, companions or whoever it may be that you want to your work colleagues. You just uh, have a chat with the Celtic because that's what you love to do. I mean, I spent 15 minutes on a on a dog walk yesterday, stopping talking to a guy. Uh, who will now hopefully be watching the podcast because he didn't know what was on it. Uh, and, uh, you know, you, you just do those things because you love it. You, we love the club. Um, and equally, as much as you want to celebrate the club, you want to express your anxieties if things aren't going uh, well. Um, you want to, you know, if you have suggestions for what we can do, not that it's going to make any difference, but it makes you feel better to get it all out there. Uh, and effectively... Is any you know? It's basically therapy for Celtic fans, isn't it? This you know the, the public talking, this ability because it used to be saved, and it really was just you and a couple of guys in the pub, you know. And usually after a couple of pints, they would melt away because you were such a, a roaster. Uh, so <laughs> I'm not talking about me, by the way. I'm talking about all of you guys, uh, but uh, the uh, now now you have you're able to come here, and there's thousands upon thousands of like-minded uh, Celtic fans. And uh, although you may have your disagreements, you're all, you know, hoping for the same outcome. Uh, and, I, you know, I don't see anything the matter with that. And I don't believe, you know, I had a guy saying it to me this morning on, on uh, Twitter, you know, you shouldn't criticise and, you know, we're all, you know, you know, faithful through and through and all the rest of it. Yes, but that's not what that means, you know. And again, you know, you don't criticise because what? Because the, the players are all stuck on Twitter all day worried about what I'm saying. You know, it's just nonsense. You know, and if there is criticism out there, that them like us, because we get pelters just for being on the show. So you have to, you, you know, anything that's justified, think, okay, fair enough. And anything that's not, um, you know, you, you, you just ignore it. But again, it's, you know, we have to be able to have these sort of discussions in a mature way without sort of falling back on the... And I, I said that, you know... You know, faithful through and through. I think I said that before. That's just, it's a song, right? But faith for me, if you have faith in something, anything in your life, if you have faith in something, there must be evidence for why you have faith in it. Unless it's a religion, in which case it's blind faith. And I don't do blind faith. So when I'm going to be faithful, I want to see some evidence from this team that things are going to turn around. Right now, I'm hopeful. Uh, and hopeful where I stand. I couldn't possibly say I was faithful because I've got nothing to base that on. You know, what, what are we basing on that things are going to turn around? I just don't know. But I am hopeful, very hopeful, that something can happen very quickly. I think you're always hopeful. And, and that's the thing, Patrick. We all, we all want the best for Celtic. Faithful through and through. Keep the faith. We hear this. But if you just do that and blindly go along to the games and watch what's being presented in front of you, don't question it when it's not good enough, then the chances are you're going to be very disappointed come the end of the season. Um, we've been called far worse, you know, entitled and uh, demanders and all these kind of things, bedwetters, uh, Patrick. But when I look at the situation, I think to myself, and I'm going back to what John said there, um, being faithful in what, what, what signs are... are are we being given here that things are going to get better? Well, I think the first one I'm going to talk about is Brendan Rodgers. There's a lot of talk about fans. Some fans want him out. They want us to sack him um, midway through a season. 
Uh, in Feb, middle of February, you know, with a dozen games to go, I don't even think that's an option. And I think if there is any kind of faith, it's faith in the fact that we do know his capabilities and we know the capabilities of a group of players within the squad. And then you're hopeful that that's enough to bring us back into the title race and win the league. That's where I am with it, Patrick. I'm not super confident, but I'm certainly not giving anything up. No, it's it's far too early to give anything up. You know, at the end of the day, it's only two points, but I think it's the momentum of both teams that are, you know, everyone's sort of losing that faith week by week, especially when you look at performances. Um, you know, if you think back to the COVID season, you know, there's a, I know there's been a lot of comparisons the last couple of weeks to the COVID season online, but it's performances then followed by results, and the results are now coming, you know, in a negative fashion. You know, we've had poor poor performances, but the results are now following. Um, and that is the big worry for me because we need to turn both of those things around right now and, and you know, instantly because we need to win, by the looks of things, almost every single game from now to the end of the season if we want to win this league. Um, you know, I said a few weeks ago I'd take a draw at Ibrox. We'd probably still get away with that, but, you know, with 12 games to go, the form that Rangers are in, you, you do need to start winning every single game. Uh, and you know, I, I don't think we're a million miles away from it. To be honest, um, I know it was a poor performance, but we did almost beat Kilmarnock, which is a hell of a statement. We almost beat Kilmarnock. Uh, nothing to write home about. But you know, apart from that mistake, we almost got over the line. And I thought, certainly first half, maybe even ten, fifteen minutes into the second half, we played all right. And Taylor comes off, Ida comes off. You go back to one up top. And we seem to fall apart. I don't know if it's fitness, formation, personnel, but the last half hour, it just turned into an absolute disaster. So I think with Taylor back, he needs to play every minute he can. And I think from now on, you need to play that two up top. I don't know, you know, I'm no uh, football analyst, but um, we're certainly playing a lot better with Eden Kyogo up top, both attacking and defensively. Um, so that's the, the little chink of light. That's uh, that I'm holding on to, and the fact that you know we've been in this situation before. Um, Angie's first season was a bit different. We turned it around in February, and we sort of kept on and stayed in front. Obviously, we've been ahead. We're now falling behind. But you know, even if you think back to maybe 2008, Gordon's tracking three in a row. You know that was a miraculous turnaround. Um, so it's not over by any stretch. But performances and results need to turn around. You know, right now. Well, when you look at, Paddy, the, the, the thought process of making such a big change as changing the manager, I'm against it. Some might say that's because uh, I supported Brendan when he came in. Listen, I'm against it, and I think even at the end of the season, if things aren't going to change, at that point, you could maybe be looking at the change. Um, I think it would be a, a really bad decision at this stage. Um, do you agree with, with Paddy uh, in relation to the fact that, yes, it is only two points, but we do have enough in the tank or are you at the stage? Because I know you, you watch every single um, development at Celtic Park. Paddy, you write about it in detail. You do look at the shape. You look at the reasons why these things are going wrong. Um, what is it about our, our collapses, the second half collapse? I mean, nobody seemed to want to take ownership, responsibility. They didn't want to take the, the game by the scruff of the neck and, and play league champions, did they? No, as far as, well, I'll address that the change in the manager. That, aye, that's fine if there's somebody there that can come in, can come in and do a better job as a couple of players, but who's out there that can do that? Who's McNeil. 
you know, took it off the tip of my tongue there. He might be tuning in. He, he likes a, yeah. he likes a wee bit of a anonymous troll on the social media. He, he, he talks about game about himself. He does, and I, I enjoyed that yesterday. And I read that, um, but no, I mean, it, it's mystifying. But I think the problem that Rogers has got is he's got a team full of players who don't play the game that he wants to be played. They play the game that we manage possibly want to play. Once it played in. And, and obviously Rogers is a bit more slow, patient build-up, but I've got players like, and I, I think a little bit of yes, I've got players like Maida, Alistair Johnston, Kyogo Furuhashi, who are all explosive players who all play at that kind of high tempo, but we don't have that under Rogers. We It's more, God forbid, side-to-side, back-to-back and, and, and whatever. Um, this, is, this, this drop has been coming since... You could probably argue as far back as um, I don't know the, the draw against Motherwell um, at Celtic Park, maybe even further than that. Um, I think the hints were there against St Johnston, where they were blocking the league at the start of the season, and we couldn't find our way through uh, a team who had been conceding God knows how many goals up until that point. We seem to have an issue we we breaking down teams who are fighting for their life. So if you look at the, the teams that have dropped points against. St Johnston, Hibs, uh, Motherwell, Aberdeen, um, and Hearts. They were all teams that were struggling at that point. Hearts were struggling to get into the top six when they beat us um, early in the season as well. And we kind of seem to be able to deal with that low block. And, it, and it's it's bizarre when you look at the talent we've got in the team. Now, obviously, injuries and having key players out doesn't help. But surely there's, there's, there's something in that team that Rogers can work with that can help, I don't know, be more attacking or break down... Um, defences. The drop-off in Matt Ariely the last few weeks has been alarming as well. Um, I mean, I was watching the game against um, Kilmarnock there and he was largely anonymous, I felt, in the whole game. Um, I took notes and I think you were speaking about it yesterday, about Lewis Palmer as well. And you said he'd made like five mistakes in the first 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and I had these mistakes written down. I thought it was me that was maybe being too harsh. But there's just too many players in that team who aren't stepping up. Um, there's too many players in the team that are hiding. Um, and I think it's... Uh, the answer to that question, how, how do we get them um, performing? I don't know, Paul John. I don't know what the answer is because what I've watched, and I know, John, you said you're you're hopeful um, in the next 12 games. If you look at the next games, we've got four away games at the next seven and we're away to Motherwell, Hearts, Rangers and Livingston. Do you think we're going to take full 12 points for the four games? Um, I, I can't see it. I can see he's dropping more points and it doesn't look good. Not in this form. I, I would agree with that. Um, John, talking about where we are, I agree with you as well, Paddy, making that change. Who are you going to bring in that's going to do a better job? Seriously? Need to do. You know? No. Um, John, sorry, before before I bought in, on you go. Yeah. There's something you were going to say there. On the back of no, no. I, I was just, <clears throat> I was, I was going to say in terms of the changes, the, the, the issue that we have, I think, is the system isn't creating enough clear-cut chances. The individual quality isn't what it needs to be in order to just keep creating worldy moments every week. Um, I mean, there was so much emphasis on Matt O'Reilly because he was really the only person doing anything, and now he's dropped off a bit. There's nothing there, yeah. so. You know, I was thinking, what formations would you play? I the, the best I can come up with, uh, you know, I said three five two, but you know, I think the issue with that is wing backs. But I think, you know, if we do look at essentially a four four two, but with uh, 
full-backs inverting. I mean, as, as Patrick already pointed out, Greg Taylor uh, was a, was as inverted as I've seen him uh, all season uh, uh, the weekend. Yeah. Uh, and as I pointed out before, Greg Taylor's a good midfielder. You know, he's not a great left-back, but he's quite a good midfielder. Um, and But you can also see from their goals and the way that they were attacking us that they were expecting uh, either Taylor or Bernabe to be there, and that's where they were attacking. They attacked that side uh, both times. In fact, before we conceded that goal that Bernabe, Bernabe just... I don't know what he was doing. Uh, but just before that, he did exactly the same thing. Uh, and I think there was a wee boy who's their winger was Armstrong. Yep. Uh, and he shot wide. But Bernabe let him go behind him exactly the same as he did for the header. Uh, and he learned nothing from that. Uh, so, look, we, we have, I think we all know we have issues, but in terms of, as I've said before, I think we need to sacrifice width. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I don't think we've got any choice. I know Brendan won't do that, but we need to sacrifice the width because we don't have any wingers. I don't know how many times we need to say it. We've been saying it all year. Yeah. We're starting, we're starting with guys are basically two men down. Mm-hmm. You know, but we have a team full of potentially excellent midfielders. You know, you've got a lot of sitting there on the bench. Don't know where home is at the moment, you know, but there's a potentially a very good midfield there. Do we absolutely have to start with two guys every week that aren't good enough. Is it compulsory? I just I don't understand. We've got guys on the bench who are, you know, and I, I was joking last night, um, well, I was joking a, a week or so ago uh, when I said, how do you properly pronounce Kuhn is a Mikey Johnson silent, right? <laughs> now, when was that before his worldly goal? I know, what I was saying there, I thought I was having a wee dig at Kuhn. Turns out I was having a dig at Mikey Johnson. You know, uh, because you know, we need to recall Mikey Johnson from uh, from West Bromwich Albion. Because, you know, someone said to me last night, you know, oh, don't be ridiculous, Mikey Johnson's not the answer. He's only the answer to one question, which is, who's better, Kuhn or Mikey Johnson? Right? So, you know, that's how bad our uh, options are. And yet we're persisting. Why are we persisting? You've got a bench full of potentially high-quality players is there no way that the system can accommodate, can create width by having these guys overlapping on the outside? Which is effectively what Ange did, which is what Abada was good at, because Abada was never beating a man, but he had pace and he got down the wings. It is possible for the system to create the width. You do not need 
outright wingers in every team, and we don't have them. For the love of God, we don't have them. Can we please stop doing this? And I think we need radical transformation at this point. I don't think we need tinkering around the edges. It's not working. It's not going to work. The first half was half decent. Barely passable, but half decent. You know, but in order to get any, um, to stretch the game up front, you're playing Big Ida, and he's a good link man, but his only purpose is to get Kyogo in the game. Yeah. Other than that, you know, he, he looks as if he couldn't score in an empty goal. You know, but he, he did well bringing, uh, you know, trying to get Kyogo into the game, but we've got our best now player. The problem with that is we've got our best striker and the best striker in the country playing at 10. So this isn't the way forward. There needs to be some change. We need Kyogo playing up front where he's supposed to be, whether it's Ida or O that's next to him. It doesn't really matter to me as long as you get him in the game. And we need to we need to give up on the wingers. We don't have them. That loads to take for what you've said there, John. The first one, Ida. I'll tell you what, if he was decisive with that header, we win the game. You know, that, that one good chance that he got. But I, I take your point, John, because yesterday we were talking about playing Kyogo on the wing to get them back involved in the play and to try and transform the issue that you're referring to where, whereby there's nothing on the wing. Here's a strange one, right? If we were to play the following team, if there were no injury issues and Abada's frame of mind wasn't where it was at, I still wouldn't be confident. And that says more about the system, John. It says more about the way that Brendan Rodgers is lining up. So if we were to play the following team, and as individuals, I think each of these guys are largely the team that was playing last season, but they should be able to do the job. Joe Hart and goals. Right back, Alistair Johnson, Greg Taylor at left back, your central defensive partnership of Cameron Carter-Vickers and AN other, depending on who's playing the best, be that Scales, Welsh, Navroski, who I want to bring back into the team, etc. Midfield, Matt O'Reilly, Leo Atate, Callum McGregor, up top, Abada, Kyogo Maeda. Now that team, largely, won a treble last season. You know, I know Jot is not in it, I know Staffelt's not in it and Moy's not in it, but they didn't play every single game last season. That team should be able to go out and beat anybody in Scotland. However, the way I'm feeling at the moment, Patrick, is even if we were able to field that team, we still wouldn't be great. And that's down to the system, it's down to the manager, it's down to the issues that we've been talking about all season. Why is it, Patrick? Because that shows we've still got a good collection of players, but they're not clicking. Yeah. We, we certainly get a collection of players who have played well in the past and, mm-hmm. you know, we've not really seen it this season. We've probably not seen it since November, eh, if we're being honest, apart from a wee, sort of, a wee spell in late December. But, you know, obviously we've been ham- hampered by injuries. You know, Navroski missed the first half. Hatati's basically missed a full season. Carter Vickers has been in and out. Eh, Maeda was out for a while. Abad has obviously got his own issues. So, you know, it's difficult to field that team. But, you know, you hear Roger speak after the game and he's the first thing he says is the team isn't playing the way that he wants them to play. And my, my mind goes back to Kyogo's not playing the way I want him, I want him to play. He's he's yeah. talking to a deep want him to play that way. And you think, well, what is actually going on in training Monday to Friday? That they're doing one thing allegedly, or just trying to show them one style of play, and they're doing the exact opposite. They're horseshoe football, side to side, two hundred passes for Welsh and scales combined, um, both to each other. It's, you know, it's. I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but it's as if he's telling them to do one thing and they're doing the total opposite. And there's no reason for that to happen because um, they're definitely capable. They were playing direct, fast, free-flowing last season. 
the majority of them anyway. And um, you know, the only thing that's changed is the manager. And I've got faith in Brendan Rogers. I think he's a he's a fantastic manager, but he's he's not showed it this season. And um, you know, I, I think we should stick with the four four two formation. Um, it's serving as well up to a point. It's maybe not the best brand of football. It's maybe not. You know, we're not dominating games winning three, four, nothing, but we're, we're getting through games and when we're changing it and bringing these guys like Bernabe on, um, it, it, it's falling to bits. Um, I'm hoping, you know, I think Carter Vickers and Johnson are back within a, a week or two and Hatati's back in a month. Whether they're fit um, is another question, but if we can get through the next couple of weeks, there's an international break at the end of March. Um, hopefully we can field a team similar to the one that you just... Uh, outlined because I think we need all those players for the running. Um, I'm not sure when the uh, Johnson is maybe the last game or Livingston away is the last game before an international break. No, I think it's St Johnson. So you've got four or five games. Mm. Just need to get through it, find a way to win, even if it is one or two nothing. Get those players back, get them fit, and you know. I hate to sound that Ange Claxon again, but try and play as many players from last season as possible because the eleven that we've signed this season, you know, I, I was a fan of Palmer uh, up until a few weeks ago, but he gets worse and worse every week. And as you say, guys like Holm, Lagerbielka, these guys just seem to disappear. Um, so I think we need to get as close to that lineup that you outlined as possible um, because those are guys that have proven they can do it. And if Rogers can get get a more direct style of play, a, a sort of faster style of play. Uh, going, then hopefully we'll get over the line. So can I ask you guys a question? Seriously, if anyone can answer this, I'd like to know, what are they doing during the week? They've got a full week's training. We don't have any midweek games. We've got no European games. What are they doing? Because we come out and play. The manager comes on afterwards and says, oh, we didn't do this, that, the next thing, and you know, I wasn't surprised. Well, how can you not be surprised? What were you doing during the week? Yeah, you know, does Liam Scales uh, and Welsh, you know, the, the number of touches on the ball is outrageous. We, we've already seen that. Now, but they must be doing that in practice. Are we saying that the, you know when they're when they're on the pitch, uh, they are suddenly deciding they're going to take twenty touches on the ball, and they're not doing that in practice? How is that possible? You know the the, the point on Welsh. I'm going to come to you Paddy and see what your your thoughts are because I know you are entrenched in all things Celtic on a daily basis you're looking at every single nuance I, I see Welsh and I, I've supported Welsh, I like them, I love a player coming through, making the grades a, a, an academy graduate I see him as limited I do um, and there's so often he'll go and he'll gather the ball up from one of the fullbacks or from Joe Hart, he's got this tendency where he kind of almost turns with the ball by touching it on the side of his foot and he turns and he looks quite dynamic and then he stops and he'll play it sideways or, or back the ways. Is it something as simple as looking at the two centre-halves and by the way, success story of the year, Liam Scales, not going to take that away from him, absolutely not. But is it something as simple as looking at that central defensive partnership and saying, right, we need people who can play two-touch and the second one isn't back to the central defender, the second one's to a winger. Now, going back to John's point, the wingers have been playing well enough. But this is one of the biggest key areas, I think, that we're falling down at. And it's the, the speed of pass. And it's obviously getting the shape of the opposition um, on the back foot, if you like, so that they need to regroup because we're away. 
We've seen how Aberdeen done it to us when Miofsky's goal. A couple of passes, in fact, one pass, and, and Miofsky was away. Brilliant bit, of, brilliant bit of play by Miofsky, by the way. He had loads to do when he got the ball, but the way that we're playing at the moment is just so predictable. We're given the opposition time to regroup and get their shape back. Because John says, what are we doing all week? Well, we know what the opposition's doing all week. And it's playing a defensive formation against Celtic. And they're doing it really well. And we're being sussed out and we're far too predictable. Is the root of this at the central defensive area, Paddy? It's part of it. Um, if you think back to last season, for all his faults, Carl Starfield wasn't afraid to come out with the ball and run with the ball for and look for that opening in midfield. But Derek McInnes' post-match comments in the draw, when he was talking about, he, he specifically said that post-match, we let the players have the ball that we wanted to have the ball, which basically meant um, we wanted Welsh and, and um, uh, Welsh and Scales to have the ball because they're not going, they're not going to do anything with it, with it. Do you know what I mean? So though Dither, side to side, as you said, there's no real penetration. It's part of it. But in defence of the guys, they've not really had a settled defence all season. There's never really been a pairing that's that's played together for, I would say, I mean, I, I could be wrong, I'm sure somebody will tell me, but three games in a row. I, I think there's always somebody been injured or there's, a, there's been a chop and change. Um, so in, in, in defence of the guys, it's partly not their fault. Um, it's partly not their fault as well. They're getting picked, and that's simply because the recruitment hasn't been that good as well. Um, but... Aye, the defence is, is an issue. Um, we don't have anybody that's confident on the ball that wants to pick out a pass. Now, if you look at the passing stats, our, our scales are probably one of the best in the team. But it's not doing anything with the ball, though. There's no penetration. It's probably passing to the defender, passing to the keeper, passing to the fullback, and then maybe passing back to the keeper again. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of that going on, a lot of regurgitation, a lot of recycling of the ball, but not actually getting anywhere. Um I think if we have Carter Vickers back and like you said, A and other, then we'll maybe see a difference. Um, but that's only the back four. What do we do for the midfield to front? There's nothing getting created. As John says, we're using wingers who are largely um, ineffective. Kuhn, for me, looks £3 million wasted already. Um, it was decent against Aberdeen, but that's it. Nothing but decent. He looked lost when he came on against Kilmarnock. There's just no penetration. Lewis Palmer, I absolutely loved when he came here. He was doing excellent in Champions League. His, his goal ratio, his assist ratio is pretty good, but he's fallen off a cliff as well. Mm -hmm. um, and to go back to what John says, if, if the manager's not doing what they're asking to do in training on the pitch on match day, then what the hell does he do? What is actually going on in training? Um, it, the whole situation for, situation for me is, is completely bizarre. Um, how we can go from being that team who was just relentless last season to struggling now, and we're actually saying, well, we're lucky to get a 1-1 draw against Kilmarnock, who really should have won the game if it wasn't for Joe Hart. And that's a story within itself, the fact that Joe Hart was being lauded for his game at home against Kilmarnock. Um that's where I, I, I don't see that. I, I don't see. I've got hope, but I don't have much faith that this is going to change. And I think it's more. I'm hoping that something clicks, but I've never seen anything in the last six weeks, seven weeks that's, that, that gives me a, a hint or any indication that something's going to click. Um, so, aye, I don't. As far as the defensive partnership goes, um, then 
there needs to be a change there. We Carmen Carter-Vickers coming back within the next, I think it's 10 days. He's back maybe next weekend. By the time he'll be back, um, we'll hopefully we'll see a change. But the fact that we're still thinking about who could partner him in the centre of that defence almost at the end of February is, is, is alarming as well. Yeah, we, have, we have a, a serious confluence. It's just very unfortunate that with the players that are available, they all pretty much have the same weakness, mm-hmm. which is they can't win the ball in the air. Scales is a big man. He, he doesn't win any aerial duels. You know, Stephen Welsh has always been weak in there. He's a great player. I think he'd be brilliant in Italy and stuff like that. I think he's really very good. But he's not good in the air. Bernabe and Taylor, well, we know about that. Ralston's probably okay, though I don't know what he was doing at the weekend for that goal, sort of doing that sort of thing with the hands behind the back. They look as if they've been ordered to stand at ease and then go and tackle someone. Um, so, you know... It, You've got three out of the four there at the back who are not comfortable, who don't do any, and then add into that Joe Hart. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, so for all the fact that Joe has been saving some recently, he still, you know, he doesn't command his box. He does wild punches. I mean, what was it, 45 minutes? He came in and punched one for no reason at all. There was, no, there was, there was nobody around him. But he's been doing that all season, John. I know. He's been doing that all season. Now, you know, if you take one, you so you starting right from there, you've got no one commanding your box, and your two centre halves aren't very good in the air, which is a pretty big problem. Your left back, no matter who it is, isn't very good in the air, um, and you've you know that is not a solid foundation in terms of from which you can build because obviously, and as we saw at the weekend, it's what they did. You know, any sort of set piece, they're just lumping it in there, and they're getting loads of joy. Yeah, you know, I, I, and it's we can't do anything to combat it at the moment. So, Francis, I would have said I would have had uh, scales in front of uh, uh, scales or Welsh in front of Naroki, um, and that's because from what I saw of him, I think he's prone to a mistake and he's prone to flapping a wee bit. And he doesn't look particularly quick. However, if he can head the ball, you know, you have to say there's a strong case to be made for him coming back in. Um, so. You know, it's just not great that that's everyone has the same weakness. You know, it's it's a real problem. I know, John. You, you know, you you would kind of hope that we would spend seven and a half million pounds on centre half in the summer <laughs> to to combat that issue or something. <laughs> eh? And here we are in February. We can't find the centre half. By the way, a wee bit of positive. I'm going to sprinkle some Jerry positivity on the show today for anybody in the comment section with a face in their hands, thinking to themselves, "Dearie me." Things are not going to get any better. Jerry is up at Somerset Park today interviewing Forax on the one and only Scott Brown. 
Now, there you go. That <laughs> Good on him, Jerry Boy. Jerry Boy, exactly. And that's what he's been doing. He's just going out there and asking people like Fran Alonso, who he interviewed. It was a very insightful interview, actually, just a few weeks before Fran uh, left the club. And he also did the St. Rock's Challenge, which was a good laugh up at uh, James McGrory Park. And he's pulled another one out the bag. Bruni, what do you ask Bruni? What do you ask him, John? Oh, try to manage us. Does he fancy you coming by? Yeah. <laughs> I would be trying to... Can he play no, on the way? Exactly. I'd be figuring <laughs> out what, what is Rodgers and McGregor going to be doing right now behind the scenes? The, the type of things fans don't see. What are they going to be doing to rallying the troops? Because obviously, Bruni will know the character of these two guys, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, Aye. I think uh, basically if you're looking at I mean, Scott Brown, for all his faults, was dominant for a, a, a good period. Um, and uh, I like the way he conducts himself. He's a good guy. Uh, it would be good to have him involved in the club in some description. But, you know, if you're Brendan Rodgers, you know fine well if you, if you hired Scott Brown, He's going to be the next manager as soon as they punt you out the door. So, um, <laughs> but you know, Scott's got a lot of experience. I'm surprised he started off well at Fleetwood for him, didn't it? He did. And then, yeah, and then sort of, yeah, and then went sort of a wee bit sideways uh, as a first job. I think that was pretty good. Uh, I look forward to seeing him. You know what he can do uh, here. I, I think he's got the potential to be a very good manager. Um, I, I don't think he's just a sort of blood and thunder type. I think he, he does have ideas about the game, uh, and if I was asking him questions, that's what I would be asking him. What does he, you know, what kind of football does he want to play? How does he want to see it played? Um, what kind of players does he want to do that? You know, uh, all the things uh, you know you'd want to hear from any manager. Really, it's just uh, I'd like to know. I mean, I actually don't know because I haven't listened to all these interviews, but I actually don't know what kind of style of football he has been playing. Yeah, when he was doing it uh, Fleetwood, what I found interesting is he took a few Celtic young guys down, down the road there, John. Uh, Scott Robertson, uh, Adam Montgomery, Boston Lawal, who's getting big praise at the moment down at Fleetwood. You, you kind of hope we can continue with that partnership, uh, Patrick McGill, because we do have a, a lot of players. Um, and I don't always just mean young players, because you can see even the Mikey Johnson thing, John was saying it tongue-in-cheek, absolutely. We've been saying it for seven pre-seasons. Is this going to be Mikey's season? Just get them out on loan. Get them playing. If you if you can't organise a permanent move, get them out on loan and get them playing. And it'd be great to have uh, wee pockets of uh, managers who know the club who will take a few players in. Obviously, we're out with that possibility right now. But yeah, I, I really am looking forward to seeing the interview with Jerry and Bruni. And hopefully that will be on the channel either tonight or tomorrow as well. Now, the, the team that I have predicted for tomorrow, I'm going to read it out. I want everybody in the comment section to let me know what you think. And I want you to throw things at me and disagree and all that kind of stuff. Paddy, before I name my team, I thought Cat Vickers was back for Motherwell. Do you reckon it'll be next weekend before he's back? Well, I think when I, was it Roger said last week? It's about 10 days, I think, was it? So it might be too soon. Fingers crossed it will be, but it might be too soon. Just don't want to rush them, do we? Um, nah, because they might not be match fit as well. And if we aggravate that hamstring, it could be for the rest of the season. So... And that is unthinkable. Joe yeah. Hart and goals. Uh, it's got to be Tony Ralston until, obviously, uh, Alistair Johnson comes back. Left-back Greg Taylor. Playing for the 90 minutes, though. Don't bring on Burnaby. No. Um, if CCV doesn't make it, then it scales. And you know what? I'm pushing for Navroski. I, I just think there needs to be something better that can win 
a header? I mean, because as as much as the focus has been on Bernie at the back post, what about the first header? Well, should do better with that. Yeah, and like you say, John, yeah. that that Ralston thing. I like Ralston. I'm his biggest fan, but you've got to do better as a right back. And um, I, I would mix it up in the midfield. You know, I, I can't see him changing shape, but I would I would bring in Awata. I think Awata is a very very strong defensive minded player. And hopefully he will carry a bit of the load for Matt O'Reilly and Callum McGregor. And then, bizarrely enough, uh, Liam Carrigan and I, I think, talked talk each other into playing Kyogo on the wing, Meudo on the other wing, and Ida through the middle. Uh, Patrick McGulk, you're smiling there. I don't know if you agree, disagree, or think we're absolutely off our head and panicking. Uh, how would you How would you line up against Motherwell? Um, goalkeeper on defence, totally the same. Uh, midfield... Um, you know, I'm, I'm swithering. I, I quite I've grown to like the four four two recently because it seems to be serving as well. But you know, if you can get Kyogo in the game a bit, bit a bit more, then you know that's that's obviously an option as well. Um, I would like to see Awata. You know, he's been sort of frozen out. I can't. I mean, he scored at Tynecastle in October, didn't he? But I can't remember the last time he actually started or, or played. Um, but obviously, very physical player, quite quick as well. So. Uh, and then I seen a comment saying that McGregor's only one yellow card away from a suspension. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but well, that's obviously a, a concern with all the away games that we've got. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would put Awata in there. Um, and I I would probably go with the, that front three as well, Kyogo and Maeda on the wings and um, Ida through the middle. Um, a bit of pace on either side, get Kyogo involved in the game. At least you know you've got a quality player there as well, which we've we've lacked on the wings for the past couple of months. Um, you know, they won't have much of the ball, but obviously Maida will keep them busy when when they are in the ball. Um, you know, pressure the the back line. Hopefully, they'll make a couple of mistakes. Obviously, not in the best form as well. Mother will no lower end of the table, but um, I I would. I would go with that eleven actually. Um, I, I do quite like Awata, and it's it's another one of these mysteries, really. That mm-hmm. you know he's not getting more game time. You know, a bit like home, um, Nerovsky as well. Um, so I'd be quite happy with that eleven. It, to be perfectly honest, the way that the wingers are playing, you could put anyone in there, and I think I'd be happy. But um, I we we need to um, obviously need to turn that around and get a good performance. Should be a you know as away games go, it should be. One of the easier ones, and um, I can only hope for a good performance. Let's hope so, Paddy. Um, I've I've been talking about a and it, and it's not based just on players no be you know being better because they're not playing. We know that whole thing where football fans, you know, why is Derek Riordan no playing up front? That was the one when Strachan was in charge. You know, he became uh, this this figure who was much better than he actually was. Couldn't get a game, turned into an only an excuse sketch. But Awata for me <laughs> does have the attributes. I think he's got the attributes. And right now, I really do think we need the absolute opposite of this um, kind of turgid performance where people hide. We need guys that can st- step up and, and have a bit of bite. I mean, listen, someone mentioned earlier on the Gordon Strachan season, you know, the three in a row season. And we all we all remember it for Barry Robson and Paul Hartley. Remember, just the dig, mm-hmm. the passion, the drive. Yeah. Listen, I know it's old-fashioned and I know it's no modern football and all this, but as much of that as possible as we can get in the side right now, Paddy, I'm all for it. It's something we've been lacking for a number of seasons in the midfield, isn't it? It's one of the, def- one of the midfielders that's got the dig and, and it's got a bit, of, a bit about them to put themselves about. And Iwata, 
I mean, the guy is a tank. I don't know if you've seen him. Like he, physically, he's a specimen. Do you know what I mean? And, and he's a good footballer as well. Um, and whenever I've seen him, I mean, I've not seen much of him, but whenever I've seen him, he's been all right. He's been he's he's he's, he's impressed. Um, he looks composed. I mean, he was he's highlighted back in Japan before we bought him um, last season. Looking at the team that you've put there, I'm, I'm assuming you've, you're, you're looking at four-two-three-one with Riley in the in, in the middle of the the, the the three and Kyogo on the right. Is that what you're looking at? Well, I initially had him on the left, but Liam corrected me and said that we need Maid on the left. So yeah, I've got Kyogo on the right. I mean, I I mean I, I can see you thinking there, but then you're you're and you're putting Riley back in a position where he can be dangerous for us, and where he scored a lot of goals, which is which is fine. But you're negating one of our best strikers by putting him out in that right hand side, and we've tried him on the wing before. And it's just never worked. Um, so I, I wouldn't be keen on doing that. If if we're going to go with that kind of formation, I, w- I would have Kyogo up front. Um, I would be dropping Nida. And then that right-hand side would be A and other. Um, but like we said earlier on, who is it going to be? Because not one of the winners is, is, is performing. But to go back to, to Awata, I, I don't see why he's not going to run this team Um it, it, it does look a decent player, and people probably forget he's an established. Well, he was an established Japan international. I think he's got sixteen caps before he came to Celtic, and he fell at the team because he's not got a game for Celtic. So he's got something about him. Um, so I, I would be happy with that as a central midfield pairing, um, and it would help free up O'Reilly to get back to that attacking form, or, or at least be that goal threat that he's been uh, the first half of the season. Without a doubt, uh, we've got to focus on that. We we're talking earlier, John, about sacking Brennan Rogers. I don't think it's a good idea, but. I do think there can be change made and um, I don't know if they're going to tie it in with uh, a Sunday night announcement on the interims by announcing that Matt Lowell's left the building first just to try and temper the um, the moods of the Celtic fan base. <laughs> Where are we with this, John? Because we're, I think we're all in agreement um, that the recruitment has not been anywhere near good enough and it's going to actually take a while to repair that. You know, either a few transfer windows or the kind of approach that we've seen in the first transfer, couple of transfer windows under Ange Postecoglou, but you know, I don't think there's there's anybody. Tell me if I'm wrong in the comment section. Anyone who would disagree, Matt Lowell's not done a job properly. He needs to go. We need to change that. Well, anyone that listens to the show uh, knows I have quite strong feelings about that. In fact, can I just go back to the team for one minute though? Uh, I would just say that for me, if you remember Awata. Awata was in the team. Awata had won that place before he got injured. So Awata was in the team uh, and the midfield was looking pretty decent. Uh, and I would play a, a four or a four one three two or you know, but I would have Awata, Bernardo, uh, Matt O'Reilly, Cal Mack with Matt O'Reilly in a more advanced position. I'd play O and Kyogo and I wouldn't play any wingers because they're not worth the jersey. Um, so you know it's exactly what I say. I need to stick by what I said earlier on. It's just that, that you know it's an empty jersey. We need to play a different system. Um, in terms of this, uh, the BR, uh, the Brendan Rodgers thing, there is precisely zero chance of him being removed. As you said many times before, he's Dermot Desmond's man, and Dermot Desmond has uh, contempt for our opinions. Um, and of course, you know the the, the league is not over. Uh, but even the usual array of, uh, uh, you know, uh, fans of the board will find themselves struggling to, you know, see a positive outcome. Uh, and, uh, you know, if we were going down fighting against a worthy opponent, 
that's one thing, but self-harming until you bleed out and then having your head caved in by the Zimmer frame of an asthmatic pensioner <laughs> is quite another. John, uh, John, well, I'm well, I just had this vision there and it was a viz, it was a viz comic. You've just described it brilliantly. <laughs> you know, so with, with more resources and we've ever had in our history and a bigger reward than has ever been available, the board and Dermot Desmond have actively decided not to invest the funds needed to win this league. And so there can never have been a more inexcusable abdication of responsibility, a failure of vision and a complete lack of testicular fortitude. Um, so they're not up to it. There should be wholesale change. There will be no change, any change. And the other thing is as well, it seems to have been, Lowell has been told we have this rigid set of circumstances here. You know, the players need to be under this age, you need to be earning less than this, all of that. And the difference between this and previous seasons is there will be no deviation from this. Yeah. There is just no deviation from this. And so he's went out and bought a whole load of projects um, and he hasn't been able to stand up for himself. The manager hasn't done a great job of standing up for himself in those circumstances either. You know, because all you need to do is look as uh, just before Lobel came in, you know, Cameron Carter Vickers and Jota, two, two, two standout players, did not fit that mould. You know, so. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. To, to stick to that so rigidly that we have sacrificed potentially the, the season but on, on the back of that sort of ideology where, oh, we're definitely going to make... And if you think about this notion that we've made fortunes doing this all through... Well, Jota was a fluke. You know, that was just a fluke in time, which will never happen again. But Jota, if he'd played well in the Champions League, was maybe worth 12 to 13 million if we'd sold him at the same time. Do you know what I mean? And we got 25 for him by pure fluke because, you know, the, the Saudis were throwing money about. So does that mean that the board have succeeded? Does that mean um, either way, Jota didn't fit this new system, uh, the description of any player. Uh, so Jota didn't fit in that and it was a fluke. So, you know, I, the, the board are patting themselves in the back because we've got masses of money in the bank, and uh, but that money needs to be on the pitch. Uh, it's, it's simply not good enough. They're not up to it. Uh, the corporate governance is, is a disgrace. Uh, the lack of vision is a disgrace. The nepotism is a disgrace. Uh, so yeah, we've covered all this. 
ad nauseam. Uh, and, you know, we know where Mark Lowell was never fit for the job in the first place, should never have had it. It was a disgrace that he got it. It's a disgrace that our head, uh, head scout is another striking that used to be a golf shop manager until, you know, before he got the job. Uh, you know, I, I wish it was funny. I wish it was funny. It's a fact. You know what I mean? So his only other scouting job was ever, his dad gave him it. You know, and he's our head scout. We wonder why we're, you know, anyway, we've gone on about this before, but, the, the, the you know, it's, there's plenty of blame to go around. Brendan Rodgers won't be sacked. Uh, should he be sacked? Well, you know, he's been lumbered by a load of uh, dud players. Whose fault is that? I reckon it's, he, he's just as much to blame for that as Mark Lowell, as I said before. He signed off and all those players coming in, did virtually nothing uh, to uh, to look over the details or decide whether they were worth having in. Um, and he's just trusted Matt Lowell to do the job, which is a failure of leadership from his point of view. Uh, and now he can get a tune out of these players, many of whom are substandard. Um, so we are totally reliant on guys that were in the building a couple of years ago, really. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's, it's a long long way from being good enough. It's difficult not to be angry. It's difficult not to be frustrated. You have to try and keep a positive outlook uh, because we've got no choice. We've got no choice. This league is still live. And while it's still live, we have to um, you know, support the team as best we can. But at the same time, we can acknowledge there are severe uh, failings at the club. And throwing Mark Lowell out as a sacrificial lamb, uh, I suppose will go some way to appeasing the, the, the club. They can only assume that's because they've got about £85 million in the bank uh, and someone needs to go under the bus. Yeah, before that announcement. You're right what you say though, John. That team I read out earlier, Hart, Alistair Johnston, Greg Taylor, Carter Vickers, probably Liam Scales, Matt O'Reilly, Rio Atati, Cal McGregor, uh, Leo Labada, Kyogo Furahashi and Dyson Maeda. Um, they were all here. They were already in the building two years ago. I mean, the only one that was uh, bought in under Matt Lowell uh, was Alistair Johnson. I think that speaks volumes. It absolutely does. Um, I'm really keen to get some thoughts from the commenters in Jungle Lion. In early, as always, good to see you. We all have ideas of what team to play at Motherwell. But I think Rogers is too stubborn. I, I'm going I agree. To, I'm going to run with that, that stubbornness because you remember the first time round until the obvious happened, it was as if... He had the Midas touch, Brendan Rodgers, but he almost believed it himself. And uh, the two examples I always use is when he thought he could turn a player um, out of Kundai Benue and he gave him a game <laughs> in Europe. Remember that? He played them in Europe. He started them in Europe. Kundai Benue, who now is without a club and has been playing like 11th tier of Scandinavian league somewhere. Unbelievable. And the other one was, of course, where he took his own son on pre-season um, a pre-season trip gave him a game imagine being a young Celtic player on that trip right and being part of the and you're sitting on the bench and Brendan looks along and instead of picking you he picks his laddie and gives him a game you imagine that that's just absurd so um, you know I'm, I'm only bringing it up because why did he accept all these substandard players players that are not at the quality that he wanted them to be at and why moan about it now? As John said, you've got to take that on the chin. If you've accepted it, it's your responsibility as well. Double Denham will be joining us tomorrow afternoon, folks, says Chris. We are limited in terms of personnel changes, so Rogers must look at the system. Basic tweaks aren't enough. John said this earlier. We need to spring a surprise with the formation. It's time for 3-5-2. Will he do it, though, Patrick McGill? He's too predictable, is he not? Yeah, I can't see that happening. Um, 
you know, the the four four one one or the four four two or whatever you want to call it that we've been playing, it's I mean it's a slight deviation from what we've been playing so far. It's largely the same personnel. You're sort of swapping a midfielder for a for a striker, but three five two, I mean he, he seems hesitant to play Narovsky for some reason. I mean, I know you're not a big fan, John, but I quite liked him. I thought it was you know, obviously quite good in the air, tall, relatively strong. I think he's a I think he's quite a decent passer for the ball. I don't think he's that bad. Um, obviously struggled with injuries first half, but for whatever reason, went for skills in Welsh at the weekend there. I like to think that experiment's over. You can't play them both at the same time. Um, and obviously something has to change with the way that, the, that we're playing, but I, I can't see it being a being a 3-5-2. I mean, hypothetically, if Taylor had to come off 60-70 minutes and you've then, you're then relying on Burnaby not just to defend, but to attack as well on that wing-back position, uh, which I don't have a lot of faith in him to do. Um, I know you were talking earlier about building up a relationship with either Fleetwood or, you know, former Celtic players who are now now coaches, uh, Paul John. Uh, I would I would spoil that relationship and just recall Bosun Lawal because apparently he's playing really, really well and we need a centre-half. I've been seeing that. So, but the problem is uh, he's playing really well because he's playing as a midfielder. That He's getting played as a midfielder. He? Yep. And that's oh, that's right. why he's excelling. He's got um, we we play him as a defender, and he seems mm. to be a bit lost in that position. But as a midfielder at Fleetwood, he's doing well. Let's face it, it's Fleetwood. So, um, yeah. In terms of uh, by the way, the I, I was watching a story. It reminded me of Burnaby. What is it? Uh, Neil Warnock it was talking about Abdul Tarat. I don't know if you remember that boy. Unbelievably talented player, just outrageously talented. Um, but, you know, he would beat three men and lose the ball. Uh, and uh, Neil Warnock said, I'm going to play you. And if you're terrible, I'm going to play you again. And then he told the rest of the team independently, anyone who gives him the ball in our half is a immediate £100 fine. <laughs> so I would say the only way you're playing Burnaby is with those same instructions. <laughs> How many players have we had that could have fitted into that category, by the way? Um, I pointed out before, I'll say it again, talking about the money. We've got piles of money in the bank. We've also spraffed £56 million pound since 2010-11 on players who have played fewer than 50 games for the club. £56 million. Quid. It's a lot of money to be wasting uh, on guys who probably weren't recruited properly in terms of uh, data analysis as well as scouting. Um, and then you've got that managerial element where they've got to look at them in the, the whites of their eyes and see if they do have the mentality um, to play. Now, I've seen a lot of uh, narrative, Paddy, about uh, Paddy Senate about this anxiety. They're playing, they're anxious. And, you know, it's seeping in from the stands. I've heard a few of them saying it. Taylor said it. And I'm thinking it myself. You're playing for Celtic here. And are you expecting us just to like politely clap when you lose the ball? You know, Palmer, there was one moment recently where the ball was passed it to Palmer on the wing. This was at the weekend. And it went right under his studs and went out the park. Are we just to say, oh, hard lines, Lewis. Better luck next time. <laughs> it doesn't work like that, Paddy. I mean, no, I, it's almost as if they're shifting the blame onto us. I know. And, and, I, and I think that's why some players struggle um, to, to come here. And why players like Michael Johnson are going and looking as if they're flourishing at West Brom because the demand isn't there to win every week. The demand isn't there to go uh, and win with style as well and win with a couple of goals. Um, teams like West Brom 
again, I suppose teams like Fleetwood are just there. And if they get a win, I suppose it's a bonus. I think we'll, we'll I'll take that back. West Brom, I think, are pushing for a bit of promotion. And I think the, the, the championship is some, somewhere. But the demand isn't as strong as it is at Celtic. Um, and they don't have a fan, 60,000 fans watching that. And when and when you're not performing at the level that you should be for Celtic, you get called out on it. And that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be at our club. We shouldn't accept subs, uh, substandard performances or substandard players. Um, but unfortunately, we are this season. Uh, and that's uh, and that's the sad thing. And what annoys me more about this season is, and I think John may have alluded to it earlier, we're no... I was having a conversation with people at my work and they were asking, like, what's the chat around Celtic and stuff? And I was saying it's, it's a strange season because I have got a title race, so you think interest would be great in the title race. But it's it's not really because there's, we're rotten. And there's only one more team who is also rotten but are playing a bit better than us, and that's Rangers. And we're, we're gifting them the league. So that's what there's... And I believe that's why there's an apathy towards this title race. It's not as if we're looking at the times back when Martin O'Neill were going to the last day of the season and there was two good teams going for it. Um, so, aye, just going back to that, there was somebody made a comment about a 3-5-2. And, well, I agree we need to change the system. 3-5-2, the last time we played that, I think it was under Martin O'Neill, we had defenders like Valharan, Balde and Mialbi, who could all hit a ball. <laughs> and back, going back to what John was saying, we don't have a defender that can that's commanding in there. Um, never mind having a goalkeeper commands his box so I, I think that would be a tough one to, to pull off um, because play, the opposition know that we're weak and the opposition would exploit that um, so I don't know what Brendan Rodgers can do to change it I suppose that's why he's the highest paid manager in our history he needs to come up with a plan and, and sort it out um, but yeah I think the next couple of weeks is going to be interesting it definitely is football is you can barely call it at times John we've had some great players in the past who have signed for West Bromwich Albion, right? The most recent one being Tommy Rogic. Uh, prior to him, birthday boy George's Samaras, 39 today, big Sammy. He signed for West Brom as well. And the West Brom fans are telling us that Mikey Johnson's better than the pair of them. It's a strange game, football. You just can't predict it. I mean, Mikey Johnson, Samaras, Tom Rogic, and they would have Mikey Johnson. Well, I'll tell you what, you can have them. Uh, quite a few people who were co- <laughs> commenting on my post this morning. I went into their pages and they've got Mikey Johnson headers and everything on their Twitter pages. I'm thinking, wow, Bizarre. this is incredible. Uh, but yeah, that, 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 that's a comment. No, that, that, that as I was saying right at the start, that's a comment on the state of our wingers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know because Mikey, God bless him, he's a he's a talented boy and he will go on elsewhere and he'll have a decent career. Uh, and you know. Uh, he would be subjected to the same standards that we expect. Uh, so he'll, you could free him up. He could come into some form. He could get a run in a team. He'll go on and do great things. Um, fair play, but it's very, very clear he's never going to do that at Celtic. Um, and again, you know, he's had what eight years, and he's still peripheral. If you're peripheral after eight years, you should have been gone four years ago. Um, so, and we have, you know. Too many guys in our team uh, are on our bench who are guys who we keep saying, oh, they're going to come good or they might come good or you can't say he's not a player or he needs more time, he needs not running the team. What that means is you're not good enough now. We have far too many guys who are not good enough now. They're yep. saying, oh, you can't say he's not going to be a player. Well, he's not a player now. He's not in form now. Uh, and that's that's why we have some of the problems that we have. 
we have no quality on the bench, uh, you mm-hmm. know, in, in terms of these guys coming on. So uh, a lot of them might go on and be uh, good players, but they're not at the moment. They're not good enough. Yeah, and that, that was a comment actually that was made uh, by Johan Mialbe about Lagerbilk. He was not a Celtic player in the here and now. He's a type of player that might have been uh, useful to us in the future. And you know, if we had a proper system where we were bringing guys in, I remember the Italians used to do it all the time. They would spend money on players and immediately loan them out somewhere uh, because they weren't bringing them in for the first team. They knew they couldn't play in the B team, so they would loan them out. We're not doing that. You know, the reason that, that Quan and Tilly were loaned out is an afterthought. It wasn't part of the plan. It happened the next transfer window. Lagerbelk still in the building, uh, nowhere to be seen. Uh, I've got a few people on the old uh, Rocky boat here. Craig A, I play Carter Vickers, Rocky and Awata if they're fit, with Ida and Kyogo up top. Listen, he's going to have to do something. He's going to have to refresh this. Um, he might get lucky. Uh, we might find a, a formation and a starting 11 that, that actually well, can, works. I, can I just say, Paul John, an excellent uh, comment. In the, uh, uh, sorry, in the comments here, is it RL77? Uh, we should play Mark Lowell at left back because Peter says he's qualified, <laughs> um, which is just about as plausible. Yeah, he's as qualified, isn't he? At left, but I just hope I hope Taylor's uh, fit to play the ninety because I think he showed us enough at the weekend that you know when he's playing that inverted role, not only does he play better, but the midfield functions better as well. And the minute he went off, I felt there was a massive drop in our performance levels. And then I think even when either went off, he wasn't having a great game on an individual level. But when he went off and the shape changed, we looked very ordinary again. Um, and, you know, we've seen the clips online where it looks as though we don't know what to do, um, you know, with the ball at times. Paddy, I'm going to come to you, Paddy Sinnott, because I know you watch the games intently as well, but I've been going on about this moment in the 55th minute where nobody wanted the ball in the centre circle. Callum <laughs> McGregor, Matt O'Reilly and Yang. And, and I found it absolutely bewildering, Aye. you know, that those three players... It starts off with Yang. You're thinking, just run. Just run with the ball. Carry the ball. See if there's a shape. See if he can get a bit of space behind a defender. He didn't want to do it. He passes it to O'Reilly, who had nothing on, so he passed it to McGregor, who didn't want the ball either. It was yeah. it was one of the strangest things I've seen at Parkhead in yeah. all my years of watching Celtic. It's unreal, and it wasn't the first time it happened in that game either. There was also a, 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 a part in the first half where... Was it, the, it was the first half um, where they were doing a passage of play and it was something like 26 passes. We almost gave the possession away, but you can see Kyogo in the centre circle. Yep. Shouting for the ball. You can Aye. see Kyogo. And, and he's thinking to himself, when they're passing it around the defence and midfield, he's just standing like, and he, he just can't believe what he's watching. So that's that's your your main striker coming into your own half to try and get the ball because the the, the defence and the midfield are bereft of ideas of where they go. And that's just where we are. And and, and I, I think it's coming. There's just a severe lack of confidence in the in the players. And I, and, I, and we listen to Brendan Rodgers even post match of Kilmarnock. Sounds as if he's kind of lost as well about how he fix it, which is quite worrying. Um, some of his comments as well um, after the game I found quite worrying. But and I wrote about that in '67. Hill Hill. I, I just find the whole malaise around Celtic right now unreal. And it's and and, and that's the reason why I'm no. I've got hope, but I've not got much faith because you, you want the guy who's leading it to to be coming out and and, and being positive and, and telling us what we're going to do. But listening to Rogers, he just looks lost as well. He looks lost. I, I watch a lot of these uh, shows online. You know, the mainly English football ones where it's basically 
interview kind of style shows, and I can't remember which one it was on, but they were talking about uh, an occasion where something within the dressing room wasn't right or there was players injured and they're in the tunnel waiting to go out and it's a massive game, might even have been a final or something like that. And they turned round and, and it was Ronaldo, love him or, or loathe him. And the player said, I just looked up and I realised this guy was was in his own frame of mind, he was going to win this game, even if he had to win it on his own. And it, it gave him the self-belief going on to the park. And I'm wondering how many guys like that, I don't mean a hundred million pound footballers like Ronaldo, but just that self-belief, John, you know, just to be able to go out there and know what it takes to win a game of football for Celtic and then win the title. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we ran with the title over to you, Brendan. That was the tagline that we had on a Celtic state of mind because it was almost as if, right, you can't sign any, any new players over to you to be the leader, to be the guy. Everybody's looking up to him thinking, right, we'll do what he says because he knows best. <laughs> But as Paddy says, he's coming out after the game and, and it's as if he doesn't have the answers. Worrying times, let us know in the comments section, how do we line up against Motherwell? Do we change the shape? Do we change the personnel? Does Navroski and Awata start? Do we play Kyogo on the wing? Let us know in the comments section if you agree, disagree or think I'm absolutely bonkers and I've lost the plot um, because we're two points behind Rangers in the title race. All that's left for me to say, like the video, subscribe to the channel. We're almost at 36,000, 26,000 subscribers on YouTube. And we're coming out to a venue near you soon with Paddy McCourt. We're doing five gigs with Paddy. Been off the scene for ages. Uh, but he's coming back. Glasgow, Oban, Fort William, Inverness, even Grangemouth. We're even going to Grangemouth. All the ticket links are underneath this video, as are tickets for Martin O'Neill in Glasgow. That's heading towards a sellout. So come along and say hello. I'm sure you'll see some of the Axon troops there. You've all now enjoyed uh, an event or two with the Axon team. Um, so all that's left for me to say, join us at 12.30 tomorrow. We might have that Scott Brown video up on the channel tonight. If so, it'll be about 7 o'clock. Thank you to John Hughes, Paddy Sinnott and Patrick McGill for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.